Welcome back to the Queer in Alberta podcast. For episode three, we are queering up anthropology, one crop top at a time. If you're new, my name is Kels. I'm a queer Filipina Canadian that was born here in Alberta, Canada. In fall 2021, I started a passion project interviewing queer Albertans from all kinds of backgrounds, sexualities, and genders to share their stories. Today's guest is going to talk about growing up bisexual in Edmonton. If you're wanting to watch the interview, it's available on the Queer in Alberta YouTube channel. So without further ado, let's chat with anthropologist in training, Madison Badger. What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different my name is Madison Badger. Most people call me Maddie. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a bisexual woman living in Edmonton, Alberta. And we can just start with, I guess, maybe when did you first know you were queer? Well, it, that's kind of hard. came out when I was 15. Mm-hmm. I probably solidly knew that I w- was queer in, like, I was probably about 12, 13. Like, even looking back to you know experiences that I had in like elementary school daycare I'm just like how how did I not realize but also you know growing up in Alberta I was one of the first queer people that I knew I feel like I probably would have known a lot earlier if it was something that was more present 15 is pretty big if you ask me I didn't come out probably till 18 to some of my friends. And that was after I'd moved away to university. And then I didn't come out to my mother until 18. Then my father at 23. When I tell people that they always kind of look at me, they're like, whoa, like that, that's early. And then I think back like, wow, what if I had come out at 13 when I actually figured it out for myself? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, especially because of how early I came out, I was definitely one of the first gay people that I knew. And, you know, like at my high school, I was known as the gay kid and it wasn't a bad thing necessarily. Like I only ever really had like one negative experience with that. Mm -hmm. When people started to question their own sexualities, a lot of the time they would talk to me about it, even if we barely knew each other birds of a feather flock together right like (laughs) and even just the friends that I had already made even those friends like started to slowly come out like it's not like I was just attracting gay people as they came out no they 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 came before that too you know when I first came out I didn't like I said I didn't know anybody who was gay so I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. it So it was definitely a little lonely, but it was also, it wasn't as bad as it could have been because I still had lots of supportive people in my life. You talk about coming out at young age and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just glad to hear that you did have all of these supports. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all supportive. I mean, even some of the people who did initially get a little bit freaked out about it, kind of came around like yeah. my my baba she um she passed away a couple years ago unfortunately but I actually didn't know this until until she passed away but when I first came out <laughs> her response was why does God hate me and I laugh about it now first of all we're not a religious family so <laughs> it's like where did that even come from um but like second of all she ended up like loving my girlfriend again like my girlfriend's just great I will say that but you know (laughs) she ended up loving my girlfriend and was very like oh you know I accept you like this is awesome um so it was interesting to see that change for you coming out so young it seems like you were able to kind of see yourself and understand yourself in an earlier age than I was so I'm wondering about what was your representation even though you feel like you didn't have very much in Edmonton you must have had some to be able to get to that conclusion a lot of it came from social media. You know, 
Girls Like Girls music video from Haley Kyoko, the amount of times that I watched that music video and just sobbed, like yeah. just fully crying. And I didn't even bother deleting it from my YouTube history either. I was nope. like, nope. <laughs> if, if somebody looks through my phone and sees that, you know what? At least then I don't have to come out to this person. Like it's one <laughs> less person I have to come out to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a huge one. Um, Literally cultural reset, that video. I know. And then all the young all the young baby gays on TikTok are like, oh, like the song's so cringy, this music video is so whatever. And it's like, do you not understand how many people, myself included, like this was how they realized that they mm-hmm. were gay? Like, it was like the first time I had ever seen like a pure and honest representation yeah. of like pure love between women that wasn't sexualized or tragic or all these sorts of things. They just got to be happy together after a little fist fight, you know, like. Exactly, exactly. Really good. And I guess just sticking with music, um, Brandy Carlisle has been a huge influence for me as um presented by the uh-huh. record behind my little fake skull over here um but like brandy carlisle oh my god i she's been to edmonton folk music festival multiple times over the past like 10 years um and the first time i saw her there was 2013 and i remember just like loving her and i couldn't really put my finger on it and then she came back in uh, i want to say it was 2017 i've seen her at folk fest three times now but I think it was 2017 and she came back and at this point I knew that she was kind of like openly gay but I just didn't know how vocal she was about it and she literally walks up on stage and she's like okay who wants to party with a whiskey drinking lesbian and I'm like I do right here me like I'm I'm so into this and like music has (laughs) been a very big part of my life so just seeing somebody in the industry that open and vocal about it and then I guess the third biggest influence, which is just a little bit more specific to me, was Callie Torres on Grey's Anatomy, specifically a bisexual woman. One of her love interests on the show was like, oh, you're a bad lesbian if you still sleep with men. And she's like, I'm not a lesbian. I'm bisexual. And just, you know, mm-hmm. was so proud of it for that entire show. And I've had similar conversations like that with so many people. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm not gay enough for the gays and I'm not straight enough for the straight people. Like, it's just caught somewhere in between that character specifically was huge for me. And just seeing that representation very early on, um, it was super important. Honestly, like not a whole lot in real life, come to think of it. Not until after I came out anyway. What do you, what do you mean by after you came out? I just didn't know really like any queer people. And so then after I came out, I started dating my first girlfriend. This was again at age 15. My mom specifically was really great about it. She drove me and my friends to my first pride here in Edmonton. I I tear up thinking about it, like being in that environment for the first time. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like that there's really not another feeling like pride, especially your first one. Um, So that first pride festival was really eye opening to me to see that there was that many people within this city that were ready to celebrate so my mom and her friend went to go sit in O'Burns you know right there on white Mm -hmm. and so they we had gotten there pretty early in the day because I was just so excited and so they went and sat down and they got a table but the only table that was available was a table for like six people and so these group of four ladies walk in and my mom and her friend like see them kind of looking around and they're like hey like we have lots of room come sit with us and so they end up making friends and they were all so happy that there was so many young people at Pride because they're like, it's just so great to see 
all of the young people being so accepting. And so, but honestly, some of the most important representation for me has been once I hit university. As you, as I told you, I'm doing a lot of, you know, queer archaeology, queer anthropology work. I had no idea what anthropology was other than watching Bones. First day, first semester of university was um, Anthropology 110, which is uh, gender, age, and race. And I walk in and the professor is standing there. She's wearing a pin on her blazer that says feminist as fuck. And I'm like, already, I love this woman. Um, and so she introduces herself. I just realized that I'm absolutely in love with this class. She had mentioned the fact that she was bisexual. And I'm like, you're openly telling me this right now? Like, this is crazy. She would talk about it like in class and just was very, very open about it. And so her name's Dr. Katie Bittner and she is now my honors advisor. There's been times where she's worn crop tops and a blazer to go and do a lecture. And I'm an icon. A queen. I know. Like having her be my my mentor over the past four mm-hmm. years has been absolutely eye-opening. Like, mm-hmm. and she has never once been shy with her identity as, as long as I've known her. And she's just very, very open about it on social media, in the classroom. Like she makes sure that her students know her identity sounds like you had a lot of really positive stuff around you but also like a really supportive environment for you to kind of grow and nurture your queerness there's this kind of overture and idea that that doesn't exist in Alberta so I think it's so important that you get to share your story of saying you know even though there were probably challenges overall it sounded really positive for you sometimes I can't believe it Mm because growing up I was told you know, not necessarily by the people in my life, but by media, by culture, that this was going to be an issue. Obviously, I don't face as many issues as somebody who is a person of color or somebody with a disability. I'm very aware that I have a lot of privilege as a white, able-bodied woman. I sometimes can't even believe how lucky I am that I've had this experience. You've had mentors, like this one professor in particular that you referenced, the crop top queen. Yes. Um, (laughs) She has really emulated this kind of like ideal of being unapologetically herself for you, it seems. And it's really inspired you. And by proxy, it's inspiring me because you are younger than me. But listening to how you've navigated your life and how you've kind of embraced your queerness, your bisexuality, all of it, and have had so much support it makes me feel really happy to hear. She she has helped me so much in that. She she tells me that sometimes I've helped her. I don't know how much I believe that because, you know, mm-hmm. she has a million other queer people in her life, but I just <laughs> you know, queer joy is just so awesome to experience together, yeah. even just yeah, like hearing about it from other people, it just makes me so happy. I've had quite a few people in my life tell me that I am the reason that they have felt safe enough to come out. I sobbed, like just full, instantly, instantly sobbing. It's crazy because to me, like that's who Dr. Bittner is. Like that's who Katie is. She's Mm -hmm. been that person for me. It's crazy to think that I have that type of figure in my life, but I'm also that type of figure for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the best because, you know, there obviously have been negative experiences you know, somebody in high school left a note in my gym locker calling me a dyke and telling me to stop checking out all the girls. And I'm like, I've been out since I got into high school. And that note didn't get left in my locker until like the last month of grade 12. So I'm like, I that person clearly was not getting the memo. 
my friend sent me a video the other day of me when I was 17 and I have pride flags sticking out of my hair because I would always collect them and I would always wear a bandana yeah. and just like, stick them in. And there's a video of me dressed like that, yelling at a homophobe. And I'm like, how was he taking himself seriously looking at a 17 year old with rainbows coming out of my fucking everything? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. And you know, that brings us back to pride again. And when you were talking about like that feeling of first pride and et cetera, it, it, it really is like euphoria. Hey, like you're surrounded by community for the first time and you can physically see just how many people around you are maybe like you or support you, but you just don't feel that maybe queer isolation piece when you're in an environment like that. Yeah. Like I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it because we haven't had a, like a real pride in, in a couple years now. Yeah, I, I was just talking about this with uh, Katie the other day actually you know I feel like a lot of queer people uh, during the pandemic have felt pretty isolated I mean there's been an influx of queer people coming out because of the pandemic which I love uh -huh. love that for all of the new baby gays love that for them but also it's really upsetting because they don't have these experiences and just the kind of the lack of um, like just normal queer spaces like really yeah. the only solidly queer place in Edmonton is evolution um you know we, we've all been through that phase yeah. I would love to just go hang out with some queer people and not feel the pressure to drink like can go to the bar and have a good time but I don't want that to be the only place that I am getting to experience the safety of being with other queer people if I had copious amounts of money, my great dream would be to open like a queer femme cafe or something. It doesn't even necessarily have to be femme, but like a space where people can just go without having like their only kind of pathway to meeting more queer people, being through drinking and partying. And Katie, we're talking about opening up, not like actually this was just a, you know, a fever dream basically, yeah. but talking about opening up a cafe by day and a taco place by night because obviously. okay I mean when you're done your MA and maybe on your way to PhD and then you're super successful then you can have your sidebar like hustle taco place yeah exactly exactly but you mentioned a few things about bisexuality firstly that just enrages me so much as a fellow queer person when you see that kind of like attitude towards bisexual people the biphobia honestly is what it is yeah like especially because it's so hypocritical. We're standing here as the queer community being like, hey, we want equal rights and recognition and to be recognized and valid in society. But this own group within ourselves, we're going to say that you can't have that. Like, it's very two-faced in my opinion. So I'm very frustrated that that's been your experience at points. It's, it's really damn frustrating. I'm not going to lie. When you first come out, you like, at least in my experience, I was not aware of like any kind of turmoil within the community. I, it's so, it's so crazy to me that just, there's so much exclusion in it. There's biphobia, there's transphobia. There's honestly a lot of racism too. I never want to, you know, take away from other people's unfortunate experiences. And they're just, it, my, my experience has been quite unfortunate in that sense, especially because I came out so young they would say, oh, it's just a phase. Oh, you're just experimenting. Not necessarily that I was experimenting with the fact of being queer, but just like, oh, you'll pick a side eventually. Like, that's honestly the reason that I didn't come out right away as soon as I knew was because my thought process was, well, I'm still attracted to guys. I had it in my mind that I wasn't going to come out until kind of like I needed to. So basically until I found a girl that 
I wanted to date. Yeah. I was like, do I have to pick a side? I, I don't know. And then as soon as I finally, you know, made the decision to not make a decision, people were just kind of not really validating it. You know, I've had, you know, gay women in my life be like, well, you're not bi. You've only dated girls for the past however long. And it's like, okay, maybe that has to do with something else that I haven't told you, but you know, thanks for invalidating that experience. Coming from both sides, it just makes you feel really alone. Talking to lesbians about being bisexual is also very hard um, because, you know, just they, some, a lot of them are really great, but a lot of them aren't. One of the, you know, most important people in my life, my best friend, she is one of the straightest people that I have ever met, but she constantly, like whenever she's talking about me and my sexuality, she specifically says bisexual and she corrects people too, and has been since the very beginning. And I, you know, she'd been doing it since I told her and I, it didn't take me, it took me until last year to tell her, you know what, like, this is really important for me. And I don't know if you knew that. So thank you. And she just, you know, she had no idea. She was just doing it because that's what a friend does. So what would you like to tell other queer people in Alberta? Um, there is a lot more queer people than you think there is. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of have to find your niche pocket. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this. Like, did you do your undergrad? Here at the U of L. Okay. So I don't know if it's the same in U of L compared to other academic fields. Anthropology is quite small. You oh know, yeah. Everybody pretty much knows each other or knows of each other. Knows each other, so, is married to each other. Like, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Everybody's connected in some way or another, but there's a lot of queer people in the anthropology department. <laughs> We're all gay. Like, I know. 100%. I know. So like, I, I obviously knew quite a few queer people, um, just outside of university, but once I got to university, oh my god, especially because so many more people come out in university versus like high school, there are so many more queer people than I really thought that there was going to be. I find that the best way to connect with other queer people in Alberta is just to be open about your own queerness. That's so scary for some people and I will never force somebody out of the closet. Like that's just awful. I've been outed to people I didn't want to be outed to Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it sucks. So I would never push somebody out of the closet, but I just want to encourage people, you know, if you are out, if you're thinking about coming out, do it because so many people are going to see that and feel comfortable in their own queerness and they will come talk to you about it. You know, the best way to connect with other queer Albertans is just to put yourself out there in whatever form that may be for me at social media, because again, like I grew up on it, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but there's a lot more queer people out here than we think, even on like the TikTok that you made the one about your birthday and everybody was like, I like happy birthday. I'm queer in Alberta. Like there uh-huh. were so on that. It was crazy. Like, and everybody who was commenting was like, oh, I felt so alone. Like, I didn't know that this was an experience mm-hmm. that other people were having. The biggest thing for me is just if you can't find that representation, be that representation for somebody else. I don't think there's a point in me showing you this because it'll be backwards on the screen. But funny you say that because I literally wrote openness, be the representation as you were talking. I think that's wonderful advice that you could give to other queer Albertans.
And I mean, I want to become a professor, um, you know, kind of, kind of following in Katie's footsteps, but um, I want to basically be what she has been to me for the next generation of, you know, young anthropologists. I want to be open in front of the class and I want to wear crop tops to lectures and I was like be that person yeah. that people can relate to yeah and, you know just be unapologetic about it I think the choice to live openly and it can even be something small it doesn't have to be grand and large every day I think that is by far the best choice that anyone can make yeah me too like I was so much happier after I came out like mm-hmm. so much happier anything that you Maddie today would like to tell that younger Maddie um that just people love her a lot more than she thought (laughs) okay yeah I can I can keep it together Uh uh-huh uh-huh continue you know I was going through a lot in in my formative formative years mental health self-image self-worth and self-love and I didn't think that anybody cared about me unfortunately like it's you know it's crazy to think about because I did have all of these great supports you know recognizing the people that she did have in her life I would tell her to just accept the love that people were giving her and recognize it Mm -hmm. um and realize that there are so many more people in her life that are going to love her for who she is I promise I'm not always this emotional, like, human, but it's the queer stories, man. They just get to me. I'm so happy that it seems like for the majority of your process with it, struggle was not the primary narrative. You talked about constantly coming out and kind of being, like, announcing it to people. I thought that was really interesting and relatable because now I find instead of, like, feeling the pressure to do the whole coming out story to somebody in a first meeting, I just casually slip it in. Like when I was dating my ex, I'd be like, oh, my girlfriend and I, you know, like normalizing that as a conversation piece because it is a normal thing. In situations like that now, I'm very, very open about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in my um, kind of guest lectures about my project, I say, oh, this is important to me because as a queer woman, I want to know this, that, the other, whatever. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I don't know if I would have done that. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say like the first time that I came out again was when I was 15 and I told one person, I told my friend um, and I told her, I'm like, you know what? I like girls the way that, you know, you like boys. She is now bisexual. So it was actually really funny. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's not necessarily that I was making new gay friends, but my current friends no. were just getting more gay. Yeah. Um, but, and I told her that I'm like, yeah, like I like girls. She's like, okay, cool. I like chocolate chip ice cream. Like easy. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, sweet. Great. First coming out experience. Let's keep the ball rolling. And I, then, um, then I met my first girlfriend and I was like, okay, well, I want to date this girl and therefore I'm going to probably have to tell a couple people if I want to be authentic to that. One morning my mom drove me to school and I'm like mom I gotta tell you something and I start crying Uh, and I had no reason to because like she has always been loving and accepting of me like there was no part of me to reasonably believe that she was going to have a negative reaction but I came out to her and I was like I think I'm bi. I knew I was bi but I just said Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and she was great about it. And then that night I told my dad about it and he was also great about it. And then I think the next 
couple of days is when I started telling like the rest of my friends. I was like, hey, just so you know, like I have a girlfriend now. And for most of them, it was, it went pretty well, but I was really close with two people at the time. And I waited to tell them for like six months because I was so afraid I had no reason to be again because they both reacted really positively and again had never made it seem like they wouldn't but I was just so afraid and they were both like not upset with me after but they were just a little bit hurt they're like why didn't you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. enough to tell us and it was just you know it's not that I wasn't comfortable I just cared too much about their opinion and Mm -hmm. then I finally did and obviously it went fine because they're my like best friends and they're not garbage people so Mm -hmm. then you know, pretty much at that point, everybody knew. Um, so I was probably about 16 or 17 at this point. And then, yeah, like I have basically made, um, every project that I've done in university related to queerness in some way, shape or form. Um, So pretty much all of my professors are aware of this, Um, even in classes that have nothing to do with it. And my professors are all kind of just like, (laughs) they're like, okay, (laughs) fine, whatever. Having to express that part of my identity to people has been kind of a constant like any time I meet somebody new because the assumption is always heterosexuality oh yeah I'm so sick of it so sick of it I a lot of your representation a lot of your community finding was really congruent with your experience in university so maybe I think just because some people don't go to post-secondary and don't have that kind of opportunity what would you say living in Alberta could be maybe other avenues to meet queer people and find community? Um, <laughs> this is really specific, but I find that um, there's a lot of queer people in the rock climbing community. <laughs> um, it, especially there's this one um, rock climbing gym right behind McEwen. Uh-huh. Um, and like pretty much everybody that works there at least looks queer to some extent. So niche rock climbing. Yeah, very, very specific. There's a lot of queer people in rock climbing. Um, climb. <laughs> of course, of course. Just another thing that we can add to the to-do list when I end up moving mm-hmm. to Lethbridge. You know, university is such a great place to meet mm-hmm. people who are queer or at least accepting. Um, but for me, a lot of the queer friends that I made initially were in sports. A lot of, you know, my like first gay friends were just through basketball. And it's hard because I feel like there's such a divide between like the athletic gays and the artsy gays. And I found that I was like somewhere in, in between. I find that my gay friend group really expanded. Like you meet one new gay person and then get introduced to all of their friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody is connected in this community through about one degree of separation. Yeah. We've all dated. (laughs) It's not. And I realize it's not just across the province. It's across the country. Yeah. It's pretty wild, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. You know, for some people it is. Once you meet somebody who is queer and you get them to introduce you to their other friends who are queer. And then once you make those friends, just keep expanding. This generation, you know, our generation, we're so lucky in that things are easier with the additive of social media. It's so easy to see if there's like a queer cafe event happening or something in the city. Like finding, I think, the queer businesses in your city is a really great way because obviously queer people are going to want to go there and support it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like look for the little pride sticker on the door. There's (laughs) more than you would think. Yeah. And I feel like even if the business itself isn't queer I feel like there are still some businesses that just like queer people go and hang out at personally like in Edmonton I find that a lot of 
queer people like um, the Remedy Cafes. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think it's because they have a lot of vegan and vegetarian options because, you know, queer people, yeah. <laughs> queer people love that shit. Like I, I am the stereotype. I, I'm a vegetarian, bisexual woman. Like dairy like, presenting. Yeah. yeah. Non-dairy presenting is exactly it, except for <laughs> dairy is to be eaten, not drank you know, even businesses that aren't necessarily queer themselves, but feed into some of the stereotypes. Cause some stereotypes yep. are pretty true. Like I know a lot of queer people who drink oat milk, like that's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's a big thing. Like I drink a lot of oat milk. Like there's probably so two in the fridge upstairs. But I would say just again, like putting, putting yourself out there yeah. as this person, you don't even necessarily have to, you know, put yourself out there as a queer person, just go try and make some friends and you know odds are eventually you'll find a couple that are you know yeah non-dairy presenting (laughs) big oat milk fans for sure thank you so much for tuning into episode three of the queer and alberta interview series you can follow maddie on tiktok at madison badger it's m-a-d-i-s-o-n and then badger like the animal and if you want to follow me underscore Kelsifer, K-E-L-S-I-F-E-R. If you have any questions that you want me to ask my guests, let me know. And I know that Pride Month just ended, but I hope that wherever you are, whether you're in Alberta, Canada, or elsewhere in the world, that you're feeling proud of who you are today. Sending love, Kels.